0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Let's go to the Word of God. Uh, John chapter 12, it says this, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, the one Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave dinner for him there. Martha Martha, was serving them And Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of perfume, pure and expensive nard, anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. So the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Notice that one is feeding him, one is eating with him, and one is worshiping him. Now jump down to verse 9. Verse 9 says, then a large crowd of the Jews learned he was there. Speaking of Jesus, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, the one he had raised from the dead, but the chief priests had decided, listen to this, to kill Lazarus also, because he was the reason many of the Jews were deserting them and believing in Jesus. Now, let's turn over to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read a few passages here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the disobedient. We, too, all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children of wrath as the others were also. Verse four. But God. It's hard for me to read through that and and just keep going. Who is rich in mercy because of what we just sang about. His great love that he had for us made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. Notice this. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might display. I'm going to put you on display. The immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not from works that no so that no one can boast. Last verse, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Notice that I was created for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment, but I want to jump back to John chapter 12. And notice in in verses 10, it said that, but the chief priests had decided to kill Lazarus also because he was the reason many of the Jews were deserting from them and believing in Jesus. I want to talk to you if you're taking notes this morning, want to teach, preach, talk, conversate, whatever you want to do it, this morning. From the subject or title you were raised for a reason you were raised for a reason you were raised for a reason you're not an accident you're not a mistake you're not a coincidence you're not a happenstance you're not just the outcome of two people getting together and decide to conceive and bring and 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 birth you into this world. But I want to tell you this morning that you are here on purpose, by purpose and for a purpose and the scripture says you have been raised for a reason. Your life has value, your life has meaning, your life has significance. There is no insignificant person under the sound of my voice. There are no, there's no such thing as a nobody in Christ Jesus. Everybody is somebody. You are great value and work to him. And you need to understand this morning that we're not here just to exist. We're not here just to pass time by. We're not here just to live life, just kind of vicariously and do whatever we think. But we have been raised for a reason. Can I get a big amen there? The Bible... In this story, and in this particular text in John, the scripture says that it was six days before the Passover, and Jesus came, the scripture said, to Bethany, where Lazarus was, the one he had raised from the dead. Jesus has come to, uh, to, to the house of some fellow companions whom the Bible said that Jesus was friends with. He, he knew Lazarus. He knew Martha. He knew Mary. They were really good friends. And the scripture said, notice this, that he came into Bethany. Where their house was. Now understand that when the Bible gives us details, oftentimes there's a significance that is behind it. He didn't just say that they went, he went to their house, but he said he went to Bethany. What you need to understand is that word Bethany means house of affliction and notice where jesus christ came he came to the house of affliction it did not say the house of perfection it said the house of affliction i want you to notice the kind of houses that jesus visits he comes To the houses that are afflicted. See, we would kind of think that He only wants to come to the perfect, the good, the blessed, and those that have it all together. But according to this, Jesus' presence is drawn to the broken, to the hurting, to those that are in despair, to those that are in trouble, to those that are down and out. He said, "The house I look to invade with my presence is one that recognizes that I can't live life without Jesus Christ." We've done everything that we know to do and tried everything that we know to try and nothing has changed I'm talking about a Jesus and a God who is not intimidated by any struggle by any issue by any adversity by any challenge by any circumstance but he said I target the houses of affliction and when I get there I have one thing in mind I come to heal I come to save I come to deliver I come to set free I come to raise up, I come to bring out and I have to and if I have to tear down stuff to get to you, I'll do that. If I have to break through things to get where you are I'll do that. But we serve a God that will come right down to where we are. I wonder if I got about seven people that can bear witness that he came to your house of affliction when you, when you thought you were losing your mind, when you felt hopeless and helpless and it seemed like you were in darkness and could not find your way out but all of a sudden Jesus Christ came to your house of affliction the scripture said that he came to that house a house of affliction and the Bible said it was where Lazarus was notice that whom Jesus had raised from the dead it's where Lazarus was the one he raised from the dead backtrack to John chapter 11 we have the whole story About Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. The scripture said that Lazarus had been stricken with a sickness. And the Bible said that Martha and Mary had sent messages to Jesus. And they said send for Jesus. Send for for Jesus to come. That he might heal Lazarus. That he might come and intervene in this situation. And the scripture said that when he sent word to Jesus. Jesus first response was this. That this sickness is not unto death. This sickness is not going to turn out the way that you kind of think it's going to turn out to. And the Bible said that 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 what's really funny is this is that when he received the messages, that he remained there for two days. And not only that, it said, and he 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 said, Let's go to Judea. In other words, he hesitated, he took his time. And he almost started going in a whole different direction. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. Lazarus is your boy. Lazarus, that's your homie. It's your amigo, compadre. That's your, I mean, you know what I'm saying? How in the world that in the, in the time that he needs you the most, they feel like you are the farthest away? Does anybody know what it feels like to be in a situation that when you say, Lord, I need you the most, But it seems like you're the farthest away. Have you ever been in a place where you felt like you were all alone? You felt like that he kind of forgot about you. You felt like, Jesus, have you passed me? Did you forget? Hey, I'm Javon over here. The one you saved, the one you raised up. It's me. Did you forget? Have you ever been in that place where you felt like the Lord has abandoned you? You don't have to raise your hand because half of you won't tell the truth because you're in church. But if the truth be told, let me tell, I've been in that place. I've been in a place as a pastor, let me throw that in where I felt like I was all alone. I felt like I was by myself. I felt like God had abandoned me and forgotten me but here's the thing I gotta teach you this morning, that we don't live by feelings, we walk by faith. Your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will mess you up. Your feelings will have you doing crazy stuff and thinking crazy things because your feelings will tell you that he's forgotten about you but faith says he will never leave me nor forsake me your feelings will say I'm losing my mind but faith says that I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding your feelings will say we're never going to get out of debt I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. but faith says that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory don't let your feelings rob you of your faith and the bible said that jesus was met as he went to the scene he said he told his disciples he said ah he's just notice this he said the sickness is not unto death then he told the disciples oh he's he, he, he he's just sleeping and they said well lord what do we need to go for if it's something he's going to sleep off we just let him sleep but they did not know that he was talking about Death had set in. And the scripture said that Jesus began him and the disciples began to move in the direction of where Lazarus was. And the Bible said Martha came and met him. Listen to the words that Martha said. She said in John chapter 11. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Yet you yet She goes, yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me even if he dies will live everyone who lives and believes in me will never die do you believe this now notice this can i teach a little bit martha said this she goes if you had been here my brother would have not died see martha had a preconceived mindset of how she thought jesus was supposed to act in her situation She thought she had him calculated. She thought she had him in a box to say you ought to do it like this. But what happens when God doesn't do it like that? Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we do is we put ourselves in a place of upset expectation because we put an expectation on him that confines him rather than releasing him. But we have to understand that we cannot get stuck to the system of how God works, but we must stay stuck to the source of who God is. It doesn't matter how he does it as long as he does it. He may put mud on my eyes today but he may spit on them tomorrow. He may send a check in the mail, but he may give me a raise or a wage increase on my job. Our goal is not to stay stuck to a system of how we think God should work, but we just stay stuck to the source and know who he is and know that he knows what's best and how to bring the best for his people. Can I get a big amen and I'll move on. Notice three people, three people that only, v- notice this. Notice three people had the same conclusion. Martha said, if you would have been here, my brother would have not died. Mary said, if you had have been here, my brother would have not died. The Jews even said, he who opened the blind eyes, could he not keep this man from dying? What I want you to see is notice that three people, these three groups of people only viewed Jesus as having the power to prevent death, but they, mm, my God, but he wanted to give them the revelation that he had power over death. See, they only saw him as prevention to keep it from happening but jesus said i'm gonna show you that i'm still in control even after it happens he said even if it don't oh come on somebody he said you just want to see me to keep it from happening but i'm god enough that if i don't stop it from happening even if it does happen i'm still god enough to turn it around to make it go in the way that i need it to go And notice what he said. She said, Jesus, well, I know that my brother will be raised again in the future. I understand that. How does she know that? Because Martha was dependent on her theology. I'm sure that she had read back in the book of Daniel under the old covenant that that talked about there would become one that would raise up and resurrect and bring back to life. That was under the old covenant, the laws and the prophets that prophesied that. But see what Jesus was doing. He said, no, 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 no. You don't get it. She goes, all you have, watch this, is a theology for a promise of future resurrection. But I want to take you from a theology of a future promise to a present reality that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And see, sometimes we do real good at having hope for the future. You know, we say, when I get to, I can't wait till I get to heaven. I can't wait till I get, there's no more tears and no more sorrows and, no more heartaches and no more pains and that's absolutely true revelation teaches us that but 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 here's the reality you're not there yet i'm not there yet But the Bible said as long as we are here. See, you don't need faith in heaven. You don't need miracles in heaven. You don't need a breakthrough in heaven. You don't need healing in heaven. You don't need deliverance in heaven. Uh, We need that stuff right now. And it requires a now faith. I want to declare this morning. We got to go from just having a a, a faith in a future hope. There's nothing wrong with that. But we have to start believing God right now right now. Right now I can be healed. Right now I can be delivered. Right now I can be set free. Right now my needs can be met. Come on. Right now I can get peace. I can get joy. I can get tranquility. I can get consolation. I can get comfort. I don't have to wait till the trumpet sound. But right now, yokes can be destroyed. Burdens can be lifted. Captives can be set free. Prison doors can be opened to them that are by The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things are not seen. I wonder if there anybody here this morning that has faith for the now who would dare to believe God to do something now. Maybe he'll do it in this service. He can do a miracle right now. He can do a breakthrough right now. He can supernaturally turn around right now. In this service, he can do something so radical that you don't leave the same way that you came. You might have walked in with a limp, but you can leave out of here with a leap if you believe him right now. Oh, I feel this. Cicely, I thought about you. When you were going through your thing. And she shared a testimony. I love putting people on the spot. But anyway, she shared a testimony that when she was already having complications after her surgery, and they were talking about having to go and back in and do this surgery and do that surgery and do this and do this. This whole rigmarole, whole process that pretty much would set her back. And she said something rose up inside of her that she says, no, God, I'm not going back to that surgery room. I'm not going back under the under the knife again god you're gonna have to do something right now oh my god and she told us she sat there and got with her husband and prayed and said lord i believe you to turn this around right now i believe you to stop this right now oh god i wonder Who needs some stuff to stop right now? I believe that God, if you declare it, if you decree it, if you prophesy it, God can stop it right now pain stop right now sickness stop right now fear stop right now depression stop right now suicide stop right now i believe god for a divine halt to come to stuff that has tried to rob you from your joy if you believe god give him a shout of praise The Bible said he's a very present help in the time, not a future help, but a present help in the time of trouble, and he's here this morning. Lift up your hands and give it one more shout of praise. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, I feel something about to break right now right now right now do it right now Lord do it right now Jesus do it right now Lord we serve a very present God and he's waiting on a people and a church that will believe him right now I'm telling you, something's stirring in this house this morning. There's faith in this house to move right now. Uh, Scripture said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, it's not a vent in the future. It's in the person of who I am. In other words, resurrection is not an event. Resurrection is a person. When I get him, I get resurrection. That word resurrection means, it's the Greek word anastasis, which means to raise to life again. You get me, I bring life back. I'll bring life back to a marriage that seemingly is dead. I'll bring life back to a faith that is seemingly numb and desolate. I'll bring life back to your joy and life back to your peace to your peace some of you need the life to come back into your dreams again, your visions again. You've been going through seasons of delays, and seemingly thing is not happening according to what God told you. But I'm here to declare, don't you lose heart. Hope deferred, maketh the heart sick. But I want to declare to you this morning, he that has promised you is faithful to perform it. Get to, Come on, reach up and say, Lord, stir my heart again. Stir my passion again. Bring life. Whew. Jesus went to the tomb. The Bible said he stood outside and groaned in his spirit, agitated of the situation. The Bible said he cried out Lazarus. First he prayed and said, No, he first he said, I need you guys to move the stones. Roll the stone away. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. <laughs> what stone do you need to roll away to give god space in your life Ooh, where'd that come from what stone do you see there's something sometimes you want god to move everything but he said first sometimes for me to move you move you move it and i'll move in what 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 stone do you need to move Good. God, what, what, what do you need to roll away to make space for God to come in and do what only He can do? Because there's some things that He can't do for you because you can do for yourself. He cried out, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out of that tomb. The Bible said He was bound hand and foot. Still wrapped up. Don't have that's a whole nother sermon. But my point is this he that was dead was now alive. Now why is that important? I finally got through my introduction. Why is that important? (laughs) Because the Bible said that when they saw Lazarus, they believed in Jesus. They said, ooh, he is the man. But The scripture said, now let me fast forward to what happened. The scripture said there was a group of them that ran off to the chief priests and the and the Pharisees and the scribes, and they began to talk about what Jesus has done, and they began to coerce and conversate among the Sanhedrin and said, wait a minute, this Joker is getting out of hand. Listen, these works that he's doing, if this gets out, he said they, they said, amongst the Roman Empire, he goes, Do you know how I understand how many people that we excuse me that we're gonna lose that are gonna stop following us and start following him? We need to come up in a plan. If anybody spot this Joker, if you see him anywhere let us know because we arrest him and get rid of him and the Bible said that at that moment that Jesus he went off into Ephraim and he no longer walked among the scribes and the Pharisees during that time but then there came six days before the Passover that Jesus entered into the house of the Bethany and it brings us to our story where the scripture said watch this that he was there with Lazarus but here's what I want you to see that the Bible said that when when they heard that Jesus was there. The Jews. They came. Listen to these words. Not only because of Jesus. But to see Lazarus also. Do you catch that? Now look at the next part. It said this. The one he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest. Listen to this. Had decided to kill Lazarus also. What? Bro, I just... I just came up. <laughs> now they said, not only we're going to get Jesus, we're going to get you too. Why though? Here's, what, here's what, what got me just on this whole. Because he, Lazarus, was the reason many of the Jews were deserting them and believing in Jesus. Yeah. Can I just get into this now? Yeah. Do you understand what that said? Listen, as long as Lazarus was dead, as long as Lazarus was in that tomb, concealed and covered up and hushed up, behind closed doors, in obscurity, nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be found, it was not an issue. But as soon as that man was raised up, and he came out of that tomb. And people began to see what Jesus did in his life. He became a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Good God. If he had just stayed in the tomb if he had just stayed dead if he had just stayed all caught up and wrapped up in his junk and his funk everything would have been just fine because remember Ephesians said we were walking once according to the course of this world Good God Almighty and so as long as he was going in the direction of death he opposed no threat to darkness but the moment he was raised up there was a ruckus that says this joker has been raised up and if we don't do anything about it he's gonna cause people to depart from idolatry he's gonna cause people to come out of sin he's gonna call people to come out of jail houses people are gonna start leaving crack pipes people are gonna stop I know it's legal they gonna stop smoking weed people gonna stop snorting people go oh you don't hear what I'm saying he said Because this man has been raised to life, he now is going to start bringing life. And we've got to shut this down. I got to preach right here. Some of you have wondered why all the opposition, why all the hell you've been going through, why it seemed like every time you turn around something coming at you left and right. I'm going to tell you why. The enemy messed up when he let you come to know Jesus Christ. Hell messed up when he let you come out of that tomb. The enemy messed up when he started letting you raise your hand and shout and jump and get covered in the blood. Now now you're gonna wreak havoc. Now you're gonna take territory. Why? Because you have been raised for a reason. Why are you screaming? Why are you... Yeah, some people think I'm crazy. I am. I'm crazy for Jesus this morning. I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about it. Because the devil don't like this this morning. Hell don't like this this morning. He thought he had you. He thought he took you out. Oh, but not today, devil. Not today. I want you to notice something. Sit down for a minute. Sit down. I want you to notice something. Notice... That it was an immediate plot to put to death what Jesus had brought to life. Hell will always try to bring down what heaven raises up. It was an immediate plot. Did you catch that? Immediately. Because see, the enemy is not afraid of what you do. The enemy is afraid of who you are. I got I got a few minutes. I don't have any minutes. I'm gonna give you this quick. You've been raised for a reason. Are you ready? Number one, are you ready? You've been raised for a reason. Number one, you need to understand that you've been raised brand new. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5:17: if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. You've been raised new. Now, when I say new, I want you to understand that you're not some fixed up, modified, made up, taped up, duct tape, gaff tape, lip, lipstick on a pig kind of new creation. That's not what that means. He said, when I raised you new, I raised you new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are not, I'm going to declare, you are not who you used to be if you're born again. I'm not saying that you're not on a journey. I'm not saying that you're not still working things, but who you are in your spirit is not who you were. You are not the person you were. You are who Christ Jesus has called you to be, and that's why you've got to stop laying claims to stuff that was attached to that old man that you put to death through Jesus Christ. You gotta quit talking about generational curses, and this is on me, and this is on me, and because mama did that, and daddy did that and sister did that and great grandma did that who cares because the bible said that christ jesus when he hung on the cross he broke the curse he severed the curse what about generational blessings what about generational blessings What about generational blessings? You have to make a decision. I'm breaking every tie that holds me to my past. I'm going to have a good marriage. I'm going to have a blessed family. I'm declaring poverty stops here. Divorce stops here. Abuse stops here. Abandonment stops here. You have to draw a line in the sand and say it stops here because I've been raised new. You've been raised new. You've been raised, Neil. But you also, you've been raised, say, I've been raised for a reason. reason. You have a contribution to make, church. Because you have been raised, you have a contribution to make. The Bible said that you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Watch this, for good works. When Jesus raised you up, he created you for good works. He didn't raise you up to have an attitude of serve us he raised you up with an attitude of service in other words it's not about what I can get but it's all about what I can give that's the heart of God you were made to contribute you were made you were designed to make a contribute you were designed to make a difference you were designed to contribute something you listen there is no one on this earth like you God formed you that word uh, workmanship means masterpiece he you are his personal masterpiece you are a face of his grace only you can do what he created you to do. Can't nobody else do what he created you to do. Because if they could, he would have created them to do it. But he didn't do that. There's only one of you. So stop trying to be something that you're not. Every time you try to be something you're, that you're not, it is an insult to God. Because he's like, I didn't create you to do that. I didn't design you to do that. I didn't make you to. No, it's not that people don't like you. It's not that people ain't for you. You're doing the wrong thing. Get out of that and get in what I've called you to do and be the best. Hey, you've been raised not only brand new, not only raised to make a contribution, you've been raised to give a comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says that God is the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all of our trouble. That we might comfort others with the same comfort that we have been comforted with. Notice what it said. He comforts us in our affliction, in our trouble. So that we then can take that comfort and comfort others. With that same comfort that we have been comforted with. In other words, God does not comfort us to be comfortable. But he comforts us to be a comforter. He'll take the thing that you despise the most in your life. And use it to be the greatest blessing to someone else. I thought about this. Last last Sunday I was at our Spartanburg church. Where I had the privilege to preach there. And God's doing a great work there. Great church. But it dawned on me. As I stand on that platform and I preached. Years ago. Pre-Christ. I used to party in that area. Drink, drug, all kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, way in sp- from Georgia. You do anything for a good party back then, especially if you're from the country where I'm you know. but it dawned on me that last week, I was preaching in a place where I once parted I would have never thought in all of my life that the place that I once partied in, and was acting a fool that I would be standing preaching and I thought about there were many times at the Gainesville campus when, when I'd have the privilege of preaching that I would look down the aisles and I'm giving an altar call and I'm seeing dudes I used to get hot with walking down the aisle dudes that, 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 that I gave their first drink to That I was tempted to party and do all crazy stuff. Oh my God. I was once leading them astray, but now I was leading them to Jesus. And my point is this. That's what God wants to do. He wants to take your comfort and turn it into a ministry. He wants to use what the enemy thought he was going to tear you down with as your testimony to build someone else up with. That's why you're so passionate. I don't know if she's here. It just hit me. There's a lady here that that, that I I had the privilege of meeting. Her name is Lauren. I don't know if she's here. And it was so crazy because I was this morning. I hardly ever do this. But I said, God, I just want to be on. I just want to be on with your word. And she sent me an email this morning. And and why? She said, I'm going to be in the service today. And she said this. She goes, I want you to know. That, that I'm going to come to the 1130. She said, but I got to leave right after. I want to say hello. She said, because I got to be in Long Beach at 2 o'clock. I, I have an opportunity today to be a counselor, a lead counselor to people that are going through detox. Now, why, that don't make sense, does it? Well, let me tell you why it makes sense. Because she, when she first emailed me a year ago, she came into a service when I was preaching and bound by heroin. And God delivered her and set her free. And broke the chains. And I had the privilege of meeting. I didn't even know, you know. But I had the privilege of me, but it blesses me. This is what I'm talking about. The, the, the thing that, 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 that the enemy tried to buy. Now she's taking her comfort, hallelujah, that she received. And she's going today and saying, Lord, here I am. Let me use the comfort that I received and comfort somebody else with. Just like you used me, you brought me out. Help me to bring others out. Is there anybody in here that will say, God take my comfort and turn it into ministry because I realize I've been raised for a reason. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.